Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. A star attraction. The one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kill Me Now. And we continue a recording podcast in my apartment, uh, not knowing what's going to happen, but I will let you know that Henry is home. Okay, so anything can happen. Anything. But I'm so excited! Why does anything get a bell? How's that Jewish? It was referring to Henry. Oh, okay. You, you, we already, I, I got to We already over? have problems. We already have problems here. You want to know why? Because our guest today is the one, the only, the amazing actor, comedian, writer, singer. Uh, Proud owner of a muffin top. Muffin top owner. Um, playwright. Yes. Author. Producer of television. Produ- television. I mean, it's just, there's, it's all in one What's body. happening? And her name is Kate Rigg, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Kate, thank you for coming to my apartment. It's only six blocks from yours. Yeah. We're on the Upper West Side. And we yeah. Love it and they call it the Upper Best Side because we're the best. Yeah. How long have you lived in that apartment? I have lived in that apartment for four years. That's it? Yeah, Where'd you live before that? Before I that? was on hundred and three. Fifth and Broadway, mm-hmm. and then briefly at 113th and Frederick Douglass. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's my um, upper, upper west side. Right, right, right. Groove. Um, and then I came back down to the old ladies walking their dogs in Riverside Park. Aww. Morningside Park was just. Do you have too a dog? I, I do have a dog. Really? What I kind? Have a Bichon Frise Poodle Mix. We suspect. We're not really sure. We did right. a DNA test and they said Yorkie and Chihuahua. Wait, they have DNA tests for dogs? Yes, and I'm that person. Is that like tw- 20, like 10 and me? <laughs> Wait, 13? No, it has to, you have to divide it by seven. That's too much math for me. Okay. So. Because you know how dogs' lives are seven years. Yeah, seven year, years. Right. But how many? All right. So that would be seven times three. And- and then blah, 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 23, three, so it'll be, be seven three, and point three and me, yeah, 3.5 and me. me, yeah, that's good. That was and <laughs> so, wait, what do you do? You get the saliva, it's yeah, the same, yeah, shit? You do the same shit. Um, except the reason we did it is because I, re- I rescued this thing from the Harlem shelter where I found him with right. no fur and mold all over <gasps> him. And I thought, what the hell kind of dog is this? I like his face, he's right. got a cute smile. Let's take him home, see what happens. So we did this DNA test. Wait, I want to go to the Harlem shelter. No, it's a kill shelter. Is it good? It's not bad. So we took home this moldy looking, like scraggly thing. And as I was adopting him, they're like, Are you sure you want this one? I said, yeah, I want that one. It's got a big smile. I like a smile. I, right. I, I want a friendly audience in my own house. Right. You know, I don't need someone scowling at me when I'm giving them their chicken livers or whatever. Right. Chicken livers. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Anyway, so uh, we did the test. It said Chihuahua Yorkie. And then as his hair grew in white and fluffy, I was like, right. this is not a fucking Yorkie Chihuahua. I don't know who whose DNA sample he got mixed with, like the parent right. trap, but this is not him. So it's a... It's a we think it's a Bichon Poo. <clears throat> I did lots of um, I, I just I, I, I have never said this before. I've never said this to anyone before. Let me see a picture oh, yeah. of your dog. Right. I've never said, let me see gonna, a picture of your dog. It's going to take a moment because I'm not one of those I have people never, who like, has it Does on anyone ready. want to address that? I've never asked anyone to see a picture of their dog, ever. So I'll show you. Because they always this look. This is the like, thing that they I just found look. at the shelter. Oh, my okay, God. And then I'll show you the after Oh, my photo. God. I would have picked that one up, yeah. too. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just so the people at home. Okay, listen. I gotta go to the for all of you four people listening. We'll, we'll it's a post pink it. Dog. Oh, we'll post it. Yeah, yeah we can post it. He's got mold and a shit stain on him on the back. You're welcome. Yeah, and this is so what he cute. looks like now. Oh my god! And now he looks oh like I my. bought him for fifteen hundred dollars. Right. He right? looks like um, seventy five dollars. You. That was a real bargain. Ding, ding. It looks and you know what's so amazing? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Do you know what's amazing? Is that the what's the dog's name mr pickles mr pickles mr pickles does not look like a dog that you would get but mr that i would get no normal like if i right. went to the if store, store I like, oh, i'll take that one yeah, yeah no definitely and not. yet mr pickles is like pre pre you know coming out of the closet 
or the fucking jail cell or whatever the fuck, you know, I would pick that. It's like Gord. Yeah. Oh, you mean you, when you saw his, like his mug shot his fucked up yeah. mug shot. Yeah. I would have been like, Oh, let me save that dog. This and thing. then you'd never thought, yeah, that, right. that he would turn into kids on the street. Like, when we were walking home, <laughs> would run away in horror. I was like, do you want Cause they would stare at my dog. I'm like, do you want to pet my dog? They'd be like, no. Oh, <laughs> and now I bet. See, look at this. That was his first night at home. Oh my he just had God. sores all over him and his oh, eyes were all depressed. Oh, was he but so happy to What that a that smile. You... What a smile. But was he happy the minute you got him? We have a theory that he was owned by some, this is, I'd made up a story that he was okay. owned by some old Latino lady in East Harlem because that's where we got him, you right. know, because he seems to respond to Spanish. If we speak Spanish near oh. him, it kind of perks up a little bit. And he was 100% house trained and he didn't understand dog food. So I think some little old abuela was like feeding him some, you know, arroz con pollo off of her lap and just giving it to him out of her hand because he sort of responds to that kind of um, oh my <laughs> that God. kind of food um, and he was totally toilet trained like the second we walked in the door would not pee in the house he peed in that one time in the vestibule outside of the elevator because he didn't know that we were not you know he figured we were outside the house right. fair game but that's it it's the only time oh my god you're so lucky because you know I have friends and he lets us brush his teeth what dog owners will know what a what a shit wow. that cool thing that is. Um, I have friends. I'm not going to mention their names. One of them is. Okay. <laughs> um, there are P, what are they? Pads. Like pads. Fuck that shit. Like you're eating dinner. Nope. And there's dog, and like nope. there's, well, th- not only is there, there's a possibility of dog shit and pee being right there. <laughs> and then. It lingers. It's go out like what the fuck? It lingers. I can't. No. Nope. Okay. It's not so for I just me. wanted to. But say apparently, that. New Yorkers do it all the time. A lot of people have these wee wee pads, and when people visit me with their dogs, I have. What some, is that? Just because they're the fucking lazy? Their stupid dog decides to pop a squat in the middle of my Persian Okay, these rug. people are not from New Jersey. Uh, not from New York. Yeah, I mean, probably. they don't live in an apartment. Yeah. And I'm not saying who they are. And I have oh, another your friend. People don't live in an apartment. They could just let it out. Yeah. Yeah. And then cool. there's another. I have two other friends who live in an apartment and one of them is, and, um, yeah, same. You would think that if they were, yeah, that they would not be fans of the wee wee pads. I know, you know, yeah, you have, a I repu- don't, your, your people have a reputation for being a little meticulous about right. the home. Right. Um, well, unfortunately, yeah, it's so disgusting. Like, I really don't understand it. Like, if you have a dog that's peeing and shitting. People are going to be like, I got to work. Like, I have to work. You're a comedian. You have to work during the day. Like, oh, my I God. Don't work you- and I'm not going to pay for a dog walk. <laughs> <laughs> like, then don't get a dog. Or right. bring don't- it to work. Right. Or handle your shit. Or get up early and take your or dog for a, a really long fucking right. bucks. Like, do what you need to do you to keep the home sacred. Asshole. And take off your shoes. That was my Asian mom coming through for a second. Really, I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kate, um, let's start at the very beginning. It's a very nice to start. So, you are Canadian. Canadian. You are from Toronto, yeah, where right. there were a lot of J's. Tons and a, tons of J's. A lot of Holocaust survivors. Indeed. Yeah. Actually, They yes. went there, yeah. We um, went to some, I mean, I'm not a Holocaust survivor, but. My friend yeah. Danielle Mandel and I, every year at Christmas Eve, would go eat Chinese food together. Oh, yeah, that is. A, yeah, that yeah. counts. Yeah. At Ginsburg and Wong sometimes, which was a Canadian chain. It is, you know, I did a thing for the Food Network once about why Jews mm-hmm. love Chinese food. Because they're open on Christmas Eve. Well, it's not only that, but when we all migrated here to the United States, I don't know if if you knew that the United States is uh, really built by, was built by the slaves um, and by immigrants as well. Yes. Slaves that. Enslaved people. Enslaved people and immigrants. And so. Differently migrated people. Yes. (laughs) We're not getting political. (laughs) Anyway, 
So the Jews and the and the Asians, but a lot of times the Chinese would live in on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. They would live in urban areas, but yeah, that's in right. their little own neighborhoods, and they were usually right next to and each told other. What jobs they could have and what they couldn't. Right. That's why all the Chinese laundries came because they right. were told you're allowed to have a laundry, but you're not allowed to have this other thing. Right. Tailors, right. Jewish right. tailors, exactly. you know, and all that. All right. So then. Uh, so they were both having the, this experience together and then they don't mix dairy. They don't put dairy in their food. Oh yeah. Good point. We're all lactose intolerant. Right. So Jews would go, Jews cannot eat meat and dairy together and they would go and eat a lot of shrimp in Chinese food. Uh, no, but you don't have to get the shrimp, bitch. You don't have to order no shrimp. You don't have to get no shrimp. You don't have to get that shit. I'll make it special for you. No pork, no shrimp, no dairy. (laughs) First of all. What we went, we would go out for dinner like once a week. And when we went for Chinese food, my sister said this. I did not know there was anything. People should know that I'm than, Asian, by the way. That, oh, right. Because I'm saying, like, I'm talking like my Kate Asian Rigg mom. Kate is half Indonesian a, a and name. half white. Correct. Okay. And so, my mom had a very pronounced accent, which she tried to erase in her 50s right. by taking elocution lessons in Canada, mm. and she ended up sounding Filipino. Okay. We're going to go through that. Yeah. But anyway, so when I suddenly break into old Chinese lady, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not. summoning my ancestors. So okay. Go fuck yourself with your stupid political correct letter. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, yeah. So the, and, you know, I have to say that. Oh, I didn't even finish my joke about how my sister said I didn't even know we could order anything other than vegetable chow mein <laughs> until I became an adult because my mother was kosher, kosher ju 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 ju. Anyway, um, you know it's interesting because you are a half breed, right? I am a um, and it's it, it's so for me. I always think about this. As a fucking 99.7% Ashkenazi fucking European, oh, yeah, yeah. like annoying. Did you do three and a half? I did 3.5 in me. And it was boring. I wanted to be like, black. Ju-ju-ju-ju-ju. I wanted to be. Oh, it was 99.1% Ashkenazi, 99.7% European. I have a little Sardinian in me, very yeah. little. And Neanderthal. Oh, no. Neanderthal. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm smart. Yeah. Jeez. This yeah. Neanderthal. Yeah, I got it's yeah. Point two. And yeah, historic and DNA past life. Yeah, take some peyote, see what happens. Right, and bitches. See the That's what Henry toad creature that you once were. Henry wants me to go brown. away with him and take peyote with him, and he said, "I'll." He said he wanted me to do that, and that I will not be depressed anymore after I do that. What was what it? Was it? Ayahuasca, totally, it is different. Well, yeah, I didn't, I don't actually, I know that peyote and ayahuasca are different. They both make you puke, though. They both oh, make good. you good, I need that. Can I just it's fucking like get- It's like ecstasy plus acid in one thing, from what I hear, allegedly. I could not, you know, Judy Gold. Yeah. I am one of those Asians that's missing the magic enzyme that processes alcohol in your liver. You know, do you know about this? You must yeah. know about this. So yeah. you can't drink. I, I can if I want to turn bright red and be hung over instantly and under the table singing karaoke. Can you smoke pot? I can. I don't like it very much. I don't like anything that makes me feel altered particularly. That might be a control oh, issue though. Yeah, that's all I want. Okay, that's the difference. You want to feel out of control? I just don't want to feel, I don't want to be like. I don't like it at all. I know it's just, I want to be like. Not having my inner voice telling me what a piece of shit I am all the time. Oh, well, then maybe Henry's right. <laughs> maybe you do need to do yeah. ayahuasca because then you'll have like the inner voice of a, you know, a Disney cartoon or something talking to you through your hallucination a or a mermaid. What? Henry's talking, but he has no mic. Oh, you took ass- acid? Okay, Henry! What, this, what are you doing? Acid? I got, you know, people Did don't, you do it off I a can't. piece of paper? Like with a little pi- a picture of like Jiminy Cricket on it? That's, what is this, like the 1979? All right, I'm stopping the recording and adding a microphone, but I'm really mad at you. <laughs> hey, everyone. You know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity, and eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. 
It is high quality and they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, I Just Did Chef's Choice, 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to factormeals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero. Okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D five zero, Judy Gold 50, to get 50% 50% off. That's code JudyGold50 at factormeals.com slash JudyGold50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. All right. All right. We're All right, back. We're changing the subject. We're, we're, we're no you know longer why? talking about retro drug use. We got on a bad track. We started taking a bad trip. Right. We're the back. sweaters started flying out of the closet. We all started hallucinating. And then Henry started talking about how he took some drug that I'm not talking. All right. So you grew up. So this is what I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. which I find very interesting, is that you're half white and half Polynesian. And yet- Polynesian? I mean- <laughs> Southeast <laughs> Indonesian. No, I said Polynesian because you said your mother- thing. I know, because you said your mother sounded Polynesian. I would Polynesian. love to be Polynesian. I know. All right, Fat sorry. Fat are revered. They get to- I gotta go there. I'm telling you, they dance, they play the ukulele, which is how you- All right, I meant Indonesian. Anyway, but the point is, once you're half of something, that sort of becomes your whole- Oh, you mean your identity is mixed race? Yeah. Yes, when you're mixed race. That they, is absolutely correct. What the fuck is that? No, exactly. I don't know. I'll be asking what the fuck is that every time I look in the mirror for the rest of my life. What the fuck is that? What are you? Um, the The deal is that you don't look like your white family. You don't look like the other side of the right. family. And so you're constantly in a state of having to self-define. Right. And that's the same for whether Do, you're half black, half white. That's what I was Latino, thinking. Half Asian, Blasian, whatever you are. You're Jubin. Yeah. Jubin. You're in that situation. <laughs> Do you know Jubins? Yeah. Who? Yeah. Yeah, we know a Jubin. Um, There's a girl I went to middle school with. And- was she good looking? Yeah. Oh, don't ask him. Mixed Unless they're blonde with big tits. I mean, he most, doesn't. Well, what? Eh. mixed race guys are hot. You know, I'm mixed Jewish, yeah, as you know. I'm We're not race. the most attractive. I mean, when you go to synagogue, I'm mixed race. Are you? No, yeah. you have one quarter of of yeah, uh, I'm halfway, half mental. <laughs> so you know who my mom is. Oh, <laughs> was a burn. There was a burn. Oh, in there. that's so burn. funny, Henry. Burn. Henry. Henry's supposed to be Clear doing burn. his homework right now. That's a good. Supposed job. to be doing his math homework. Yeah, his finite math. All right, go on. Henry, no. don't yawn in the fucking mic. Okay. Like who d- listens to podcasts anyways? I mean, who's got this kind of time? All right, I'm leaving. This is we're not doing a podcast this week. <laughs> did I just cancel the? Yeah, podcast? you just did. So you, I'm just saying that when you're mixed race, yeah. do you have any siblings? I do not. So there you go. It's like you're carrying on. I don't even have cousins that are mixed race. You know, it, it, you know. but it's in in your life, in your no, identity. I have half Jewish cousins. You do? I do. That was a light one. Serious half Jewish cousins. Oh, like they're really serious. orthy. They moved to Israel. Oh wow, they're really Jewish. Yeah, they're serious. Wait, I, I they're was taking real a couple. Or, all right, so I love them very much. Yeah, they had two two stoves. The whole deal. Yeah, we didn't do that. 
but I'm just saying it's like for your the rest of your life. It's like, yeah, you have to even Barack Obama. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was raised by his but white grandparents support, and I think, in the African-American community to claim your blackness and use that right. as a cultural I mean, identity. Look at Tiger Woods. I mean, right. He's, he's a once mutt. Once in a while, you get a little blip of his Asian mom and his right. Asianness, but really, and Bar- Barack is the same thing, right. like embraced by the African-American. And it's partly, I think there is justification in that. I agree. Because it's how you're perceived. I mean, who you are as an identity is not just, you know, what you were born into in your DNA. Right. It's how the world treats you, or right. how they lump you. And so for Brock, it's like, oh, that's a black guy, right. even though actually he's a mixed race guy. Right. But it's weird though because then in the uh, in the in the black community, if you're gay, it's not it's not it's the opposite. Gay, right? Gay is a whole other uh, enchilada of yeah. this yeah. of racial. Well, of know. course, because yeah. it's right. you have to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Henry's always there. That's what I love about. I her. like that millennials always like bring in other perspectives. They are the definition of intersectional. Right. And I appreciate you. Right. And he has gay parents. Well, um, yeah. Okay. So. Even if he didn't have the gay parents, you know, a right. lot of people who are of a younger generation are inclusive of other people right. sort of automatically, which I appreciate. How did your parents meet? Yeah. So my, do you know the answer to this question? No. Are you baiting me? No. No. Right. Oh, I don't know. But I know, I know your father's Australian, right? Correct. So, so my yeah. mom was born in a place called North Sumatra in uh, Indonesia. Coffee. Um, <laughs> coffee made Cafefe. of poop. It's coffee made of poop. Actually. It's such, it's the, that, best, the coffee. best coffee. It's made of elephant poop. Did you know this? Yeah, the well, elephants I mean, eat the coffee beans. They shit it out. And you make coffee with it, and that is the most expensive coffee. It's yeah, coffee, coffee lewak. I'll get you some sometime. Oh my god, will you? Yeah, I fucking shit. love it. Okay, All right, go. anyways, she's from that region. Okay, so I just realized that Batak coffee must be that coffee. It's right. really, it's really aromatic and thick. And I used to right. get it when I was a kid. Anyways, my mom came from that region. She moved to Jakarta at the time. She had many brothers, and she was the youngest of ten children. Wow. All the women before her in the family, five of them were arranged marriages. She then had a a reprieve of five brothers in the family line. I'm going through it fast, but they can they can replay. And then she was like number uh, ten, and then there was one little girl after her. So these last two girls came after five boys. So these five boys were pretty much the ones who laid down the law in terms of what you do in the family, and they would not permit her to go to university, even though she wanted to. This is in the fifties in Indonesia. No television, just radio. Right. FYI. Also, at the time, Radio Australia was like the BBC of the world. It was the thing that was broadcasting the news of the world. So my mom begged and begged and begged and cried and screamed, and finally. Finally, they said, you can go to secretarial school, but then you're going to have to get married. So she went to secretarial school and she taught herself English while in secretarial school. Wow. She got a job at a place called Radio Australia, which Mm -hmm. was like the BBC. And they had an office in Jakarta, which is the capital of Indonesia. And she did so well that they offered to move her to Melbourne, Australia. Wow. To be part of the office there because they needed someone. I bet she was fucking like, thank God. God, get she me the was fuck thrilled. out of here. I mean, no, nobody else did this in the entire of 11 kids. Of course not. not nobody at, else kicked ass and, and at the, And at, at that period of time so as well. So she goes to in Australia yeah. and she becomes like, you know, she works in admin. She works in each, each country had a bureau in Radio Australia. So you'd have Radio Australia, China, Radio Australia... Japan, whatever. Each country had their own bureau. They broadcast out of Australia and into their own country right. the news of the world. This is how broadband worked back then. So okay. she was working for the ones doing it in Indonesia. Everybody liked her so much, they started giving her shows. Wow, so she was on the she radio. She became on-air talent. So she became, first she had a show called Women's World, where she talks about women's issues in the world. Then she had a show called Hit Parade, where she played all the hits. So to sum up, my mom was the one who was playing the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, right. like all that cutting-edge music in the 60s. My mom was the one bringing it to Indonesia. So she was a big, fat so she, fucking star. So she was like an icon. Yeah, bringing and all so the, yeah. she would get 100,000 paper letters a year. No way. Because in those days, there's no TV, so pe- people wanted to hear their name on the radio. So she'd be reading these letters like... Uh, Dewi Suharto of Jakarta would like to know no. where is the origin of jazz. Well, Dewi, let me tell you, blah, 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 oh, blah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so Can you imagine if her. Twitter was around? Forget it. I tried to look for archival tape. I can't find any yet. I'm, I haven't given up entirely. So she met my dad at a party. She was at a party. She, you know, she wanted to marry a doctor. Right. And so... <laughs> 
<laughs> so she was dating this medical school student called Johnny. Johnny took her to a party where she met my dad. When Johnny and her broke up, my dad asked Johnny's permission to marry her. No way. Johnny punched him in the face. No and way. And said, okay. And then they started dating. So that's how they met. And my dad was following a long tradition that I have continued of trying to get away from his family. So right. as soon as they got married, they moved to Canada, which is the other side of the planet right. from Australia. And then as soon as I was of age, when I was 17, I ran away from home and went to college in Australia. Yes, I know. For my motherfucker. So I don't, so your father, what did he do? Psychiatrist. Child oh. psychiatrist. My God. Yeah, you can, yeah, oh. that's right. Get the gong. My. How are you even? I'm not standing. I'm not. I'm sitting. And so that's you how have a be. star. So she gave cutting that up. edge. She gave it up to she get did, married. She gave it up because her dream wasn't that. You know, things were different then. Her right. dream was, was blonde hair, blue eyed guy, white picket fence, doctor. So when she achieved that, even though it it wasn't know, a it surgeon, was very it was American yeah. gothic and got real fucked yeah. up real fast, as right. you can probably imagine from looking at me and my muffin top today. Yeah. Um, she, uh, but she got what she thought was the dream. So she was like, yeah, okay, I'll just, whatever. So she gave all that oh, up. Oh, God, yeah. And do people still of that age? Yeah, they know. Yeah. They wow. Know. That's that's incredible. There's more to that story. It happened during the communist um, purge of Indonesia. Right. And she was on the radio during that time. There's an amazing movie that you should watch. I think it's called an act of... Act of Killing. That's act the name of it. It's called an act of killing. Dude, this movie will make you... It, it, there's and it and it lost best documentary to a movie about a bunch of people singing backup. Not that I have anything against that. Oh, it was uh, that year with. Uh, However, this is the most stunning and arresting. I movie. can't wait. Basically, what it's about is the filmmaker goes to Indonesia. He finds a bunch of communist uh, generals who are part of the communist purge. They were like 19 years old. They were soldiers and they were killing communists. This right. is in the 60s. Now they're like 70 years old or whatever. Right? Okay. Um, and the filmmaker finds them and asks them to take them around to all the sites where this happened and reenact what they did. That's why it's called an act of killing. Wow. And so they have to play the part of their victims and themselves. Wow. And it is the most stunning I gotta piece say of it. cinema ever. Anyways, so okay. my mom was alive. So and you well say anyways. Time. Now anyways is very Canadian. Anyways. And anyways uh, is not a word in the dictionary. I know. It's not. Just like no, they regardless. Just, it's right. a stupid word also. And my cousins are one of them went to Brown. Are they Jewish? One, my cousins, one went to Brown, one was a Rhodes Scholar. Okay. They say anyways. I can't fucking tell. I go, you're a fucking genius. Why do you say anyways? anyways? Okay. I don't know why I say That's that. one of my Canadian kill me now thing. moments. Anyways. We anyways. Get to, anyways, um, guesstimate. It's like fucking pick a word. Well, guesstimate, I'm going to have to argue in Why? favor of. Because I believe in the evolution of language. And I think that sometimes guesstimate, for instance, is a good example of compounding a word. <sighs> okay. Anyways. So. Um, I agree with her. Ain't, was, ain't wasn't a word in the dictionary five, five or six years ago. And it's part of argot, and it makes our language colorful. I'm not saying it is correct usage. Okay, I don't agree. Um, so listen. So okay. So my so mom had to go into hiding. Is my point. The, the communists were getting purged. She's broadcasting in Australia, into Indonesia from Australia. And one day she says on the radio, "You know, keep your spirits up," as part of one of her English lessons. Right. And they took that to me as a secret message to the communists to not give up their fight. So they issued this edict that she should get deported oh back to God. Indonesia and they're going to fucking kill her. So her colleagues at the time at Radio Australia put her in a basement, said she was sick and they didn't know where she was and they couldn't find her and they hid her for like four months. No way. Did did they, they way. come over from Indonesia? They did not. They kept asking for her to be extradited. and they So she didn't go on the radio? Make, right. The people kept making excuses. They didn't know where she was. La, la, la. And for years after, she was followed in airports. It was a situation. No way. way. So she lived in a I basement. I might write a play about it. I think it's a good idea. That's a great idea. Because, you know, the music of the 60s. Well, and right. And I can do an Australian accent. Get Not out, really. Mate. There you go. Um, but so so she's Show underground. Show us your beef curtains, love. That's good. Show us your gutted rabbit with its throat slit. You know what that is, mate? It's a vagina. Twat. So, so your she's knows. in a, Your mother knows. Show us your nun's nasty. Show us your half-eaten pasty. God, More, you're good. I, there's a lot of words that I learned when I learned. All right. There. So she's in a 
like underground, right? Like in a Edward basement, Snowden? literally in a basement. Wow, not in an embassy, just in someone's house, but sort of like Edward Snowden. And she, oh, that's awful. Probably less she body odor. Sh- right. Wow, what an interesting life. And your father, did he see patients at your house? Never. No, no, no. Okay. That's the one area where my dad was extremely boundaried and professional. Really? Was being a child psychiatrist. And he's very good at it. He was one of the first people to recognize depression in children. Nobody would say that kids could get depressed. I love him. So he, you know, he, and he did a lot of work with families. And he was always of the opinion, you can't just see the child. Like you have to talk to the family because they're the front line of therapy. And Yeah, he has a lot of interesting... But it's like, look, I'm with Elisa. She's a therapist. She's not a doctor. She's an LCSW, whatever. But the fucking constant analysis... Not at home, not at my house. Oh, I couldn't take... I I wish he would have used a little more professional discretion at home, frankly. Really? Yeah, there are times where I'd be like, "Um, would you say that to your patient? Right. Or would you tell your patients to talk to their kids like that? You need to fucking check yourself, Really? Oh, yeah. Did they have a good marriage? Meh. I mean, it's just fascinating. They're from such different cultures. and You know, they, they did what they needed to do to make it work. What what was your uh, father's ancestry? Was it your But my dad was a very non-racist person. I would right. say that also. Like, even though he's also a white colonialist, and I right. think he originally thought he was going to marry, like, this blushing... Right. Southeast Asian submissive cooking, cleaning right. situation, and instead... He got like a four foot eleven Godzilla in right. some Chanel glasses. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So he did not know what was going to hit him. Did um, when you were growing up, were you an anomaly? Were you the only half Asian kid? Yeah, I hated being called a chink. I just hated it. Well, you're not because I was like, I'm not Chinese, right? <laughs> I sort of missed the point, you right. know, of the racism, right? But uh, uh, yeah, you know, Canada's different though than the states. It's just not as racist. It's just it's unbelievable. Just not as racist, I can't period. fucking believe the racism here. It's not the same. So even though, yeah, technically I was the only Asian in my class for a long time and I was brown and I had a couple of, pro- you know, things here and there would right. come up. You know, like any minority kid has incidents, yeah, did, did, right? Yeah, did, did kids it say shit to you? It wasn't overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, I had a teacher call me a brown wart once, you know, which I'll never forget, right? right? But I mean, the point is like... It wasn't overwhelming. And I think that's because in Canada, we're built on the idea of a multicultural mosaic. So each of the tiles retains its own sort of symmetry and identity. Whereas here, it's the melting pot. So you're really asked to assimilate and become American. And that's problematic because how can you just such a Such an excellent point. What an excellent point. It's true. How can you just all be the same? You can't, right? So It's like, how do you become a melting pot and still maintain your, yeah. So it's problematic. Whereas in Canada, it's built on this principle of recognizing each, everybody's culture's dignity within the mosaic that is Canada. That was instilled since, you know, I was a little kid in the 80s. That was what they were telling us at school. So right. And here it's up. like, you know, like Henry, Henry like, was one luck. of, yeah, <laughs> Henry was one of the first kid. I mean, he was the first kid at his Did you get preschool for, a, a for kid of queer. Yeah. Did you? A, a little bit. Um, yeah, but uh, a lot of it was brought on by myself. Like I, I would hear the word faggot or whatever up until middle school and just like cry and go to the principal and tattletale. And, and I don't feel like that's you bringing anything. Yeah. On. I think that's you like you know, checking people before they wreck themselves. Right. Yeah. But I was like, uh, I don't know. And I, I wasn't, I was a, talking the mic. I was a little, I was a little cry baby up until like 10th grade. Well, I appreciate that cry babiness. Henry, yeah. you would fight with people. I would cry and go to the, tell the principal. He'd cry and like, fight. He'd do fight but crying. He wouldn't, he wouldn't cry to us. He would tell us oh, really? like, yeah, he wouldn't. Yeah. No, he I didn't would like tell cry us. in school. I'd get made fun of. And then, uh, and then he didn't I don't, us. I don't know. It helped. Uh, it helped that. Uh, it, it helped that my my parents were kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, and there's everybody got right. their something. My teacher was born in this neighborhood. My my late acting teacher was born here in 1923, around here, and he went to school at um, PS over on 91st Street, wherever mm-hmm. that is. And he was Jewish, and he got so much shit for being a Jew. In well, the my 30s. mother grew up. She's born in 1922, and she grew up yeah. two blocks away from here, and she said. I mean, she told me we didn't walk on that. They couldn't walk on that side mm-hmm. of the street, the uh, east side of the street. They didn't go to the east side. Um, it was of the street even. Yeah. Right. The, the, the Jews on, on Shabbat would walk on one side of the street. There were certain places they could not go. It, mm-hmm. it was like 
It was unbelievable. And we're in New York fucking city. Yeah, on the Upper West Side. And Hello. she went to synagogue on 93. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Were you popular in school? I was popular in high school. I made myself popular. Now, what about gr- growing up, grammar school? I was shy in grammar school. And mm-hmm. I also was a, I was, um, I had a, a classic Asian tiger mom. Mm-hmm. Combined with a distant and sort of mean dad. I'm not complaining. I'm just stating facts here. You know what I mean? So my ability to self-soothe was was great from being an only child, but I had terrible ideas about myself for a very long time, which persist until today. Is it true that your mother bought you a blonde wig and blue contact lenses? It is true. No, she offered to buy me a blonde wig and blue contact lenses. We went as far as to look at the blue contact lenses because she thought that I would be more successful at high school, which she probably was right. I can't even imagine. My mom was gorgeous too. That's the other sad thing. But I'm sure sure that, that she you know, came from a positive place, but are it's you, like, are you sure that she wanted something better for you? Like that better she, than what? Yes, exactly. Then, then what she had gone through, what she as, perceived herself to be in her right, place in right. the world to be. So sure. I think she came from a good place. But we like, Asian children of the first generation in yeah, America have yeah. a very serious white is right problem. I, I don't know if you read my article about my, my mom's racism, mm-hmm. but like uh, that is a situation for first generation North American Asians because our eight, our own Asian parents were raised in cultures where, where it's more desirable to be, to a be white. white. Every culture, it's it, apparently right now it's more desirable to be a white person. Ugh. My mother, I was like, I have to get a nose drop now. You, you got a nose her. job when Barbara Streisand gets a oh, nose nice. job. I like it. But that's, you see, what you're pointing to there is a role model culture right. where you had someone to look at. Right. Barbara Streisand, who was successful. Right. And perceived as, you know, a winner in the world. Right. And but when uh, you yeah. don't have that, and that's a, that's a good point for today. It's called about, it's called being represented. That's why I that's did. That's rep, why representation matters. Because if like I all love these that kids, repre- representation. Hashtag representation. If all these kids are coming up through college and the, the, the Groundhog's Day aspect of yeah, we're getting we're getting real into it now. Yeah, Henry's, the, Henry's like this is this is boring. Yeah. Um, the the Groundhog's Day part of being Asian American is that every year new immigrants come. Like we're not a, a culture right. that's been here for three hundred years right. for good or bad reasons. We just right. haven't been here. So each new generation. Each new generation is coming over with parents born someplace else, right. right? So we're having to relearn over and over and over again what it means to be an American Asian. And that's a, it's a challenge. You know- Because there are no role models. You're making it up as you go along. Right. I mean, I was on- And you're mo- all from different countries. Exactly. That's the other thing. Right. Is that it, it's like saying everyone from, from Europe is Russian. You know what I mean? It, that's <laughs> what happens with Asia. It's like- Everyone's Chinese? Everyone's Chinese. Or Japanese. Or Japanese. I have uh, a song called What Are You, which is about that. Um, so what, what I should you, send you songs for this podcast. I know. I would love it. We I'll could play it on there. i a couple of songs. Okay. We love you long time. What are you? We're going to, um, we're going to add them in. About. We're going to produce them later. Cause I'm really, I'm really good at that. Um, but what do you think it is about, I mean, I know from the Jew perspective, what is it about this weak Asian good at math nerdy, not sexy. What is that? I mean, well, you're talking about the stereotypes of Asian men specifically right now. Actually. Right. Well, that's what you're talking about. Well, just to sub subserve. There's well, then something you have the Asian women's stereotypes, yeah. which are the delicate, you know, blushing right. Lotus petal and sex slave. And, you know, I mean, uh, like what is it? But it's just so bullshit. You know what I mean? Like well, the male one is changing thanks right. to like additional representation through especially crazy rich Asians helped us a lot with right. that. And there's, you know, there's examples of sexy Asian guys, which is refreshing. When I started out doing comedy in like 2001, 
there there was an actual real dearth of representation of Asian males in a positive light right. in popular culture. Women, not, there was starting to be, even back then, there was Lucy Liu, there was the movie well, Mulan. Well, you know, was I was on um, All American Girl with Margaret Cho. Exactly. Yeah. So that was starting out a little bit and people were less threatened by them than Asian males, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I you know, So I can only speak to the woman point of view, but I do know when I was doing my first show, Kate's Chinkarama featuring the Chinkarama dancers, mm-hmm. I thought it was very important to have a strong Asian guy out there with right. me. So I did. We called him MC Chink Daddy. We couldn't do any of this nomenclature now. People oh, would of course. I know. Isn't it but unbelievable? You know it was really important at the time for us to analyze this idea that all Asian people are Chinese because that is one of the roots of the racism right. against us. Right. So I purposely called the show Chinkarama and mm-hmm. then I populated it with people of diverse ethnicity. I had a Korean guy. I had a Blasian chick. I had a quarter Korean chick. I had a Japanese chick. You know, I I tried to populate it really diverse. And myself, of course, and a Chinese person. Right. And so the whole point of that, right, and and a Japanese person, was to have, like, this diversity of characters who were all theoretically chinks in the mind of dominant culture. So that was the radical act. And fuck y'all. You know, for saying different. If there you know, were it's some, a, it's there wasn't really any protests at the time. Now, right? It forget me it. Down. Forget well, it. that's we're, we'll get into that later yeah. because that I just wrote a book about that. Well, you know um, that I stopped doing comedy after November 2016. I haven't really in earnest done any comedy. Right. Um, which I have not seen hurts. you around the clubs. Yes. No, I have not. I I kind of dropped out after the election um, for a bunch of reasons, but also because I I was so upset. Oh. I'm still so upset that I felt like I couldn't be properly expressive in that medium anymore. I right. couldn't go on stage in a comedy club, A, and be so untruthful as to be like, everything's fine, ha <laughs> Yeah. Because it's not how oh, I well, feel. Well, I, I go up and, yeah. And I can't censor myself, and I already am up against it, you know, as oh, a woman please. comic, but it's, as a woman comic of color, and yeah. and that sounds stupid and whiny, but it's actually true, you know? And on your, you're a Oh, no, woman, I get so it. You know, but I just, I didn't have, I was like, you know what? My energy will be better spent elsewhere. So right. I was writing more, I was doing more, more of the theatrical stuff. I was, I did a couple of really great one person shows. Plus it's also, toured. that's where you come from. I'm still so you, doing comedy though. Right. Like I'm still hosting a bunch of events. I'll still do that kind of comedy. Right. I just haven't done club and college and, you know, straight right. up stand up career comedy for five years. I just realized that on my way over here. It's a little heartbreaking. Yeah, I, may have to get, right. You're I might doing have to get back shit. to it soon. All right. So you go, you graduate <laughs> high school. Yeah. You but it's go- like a badge of honor when you don't do it for a long time. I know. You're like some loser that never did it. Right. And that doesn't know how. No, you, yeah, you'll whatever. be fine. Um, so you graduate high school. Um, good student, I assume. Yeah. Because you're... With honors, yes. Yeah, you're very smart. Were they into the... I'm sure your parents were like, you have to get good grades. And, oh, God. They yeah. wanted me to go to medical school. Not Did too you, late for medical school was literally my mom's dying oh. words to me last year. So she died no five way. years ago. Here is the phone number for Harvard Medical. No. I leave money for you. You could still go. Not too late. I get into the Juilliard school. Not too late for medical uh, school. So yeah. you go. So, that never ends. You leave and you go. And I went to medical school for a year. After, after high, high school. school? Yeah. In Melbourne? They, no, wait, that was after. They In Toronto. They were like, if you can't, if you cannot 100% say, 17-year-old, that you don't want to be a doctor, then we have, this was their logic. If you can't 100% commit right. to not being a doctor, right. you have to go to medical school because you can't go back and catch it up. And we're not going to pay for school unless you do that. So I went to fucking medical school. Okay, so you went for a year. How did you do? <laughs> Let's put it this way. Um, I, they not only made me go to pre-meds, but I had to take advanced physics and advanced bio. Yeah. Like they wouldn't, weren't satisfied with just regular physics and bio. Right. So they put me in advanced. You know, my defiance of authority person just couldn't, just didn't, I just didn't. I, I remember. Was like, a, like a slacker. I was like Cheech and Chong. But I went to all of my philosophy of religion classes. Of course, because you were interested. Writing classes. I went right. to everything else. But like advanced physics, I was like, yeah, I think I skated. I think I, you know, Pass, fail, passed, but right. I certainly didn't do well. Okay, I remember I had to take like a calculus class to complete my, ma- I was a music major, but I went to Rutgers and I had to, t- and I remember just crying. Yeah, just I ran. sitting there going. I ran to like, Australia. I went to I the farthest deal. It's like, I can't, my brain doesn't process this shit. So you go to Melbourne. As an Australian citizen, I found out that I, while I was suffering in pre-meds, I realized if I go to Australia, I can go to school for free and 
There's also like a stipend program. Mm -hmm. So fuck y'all. I'm out. Right. And so I applied with their, their blessing, but Mm -hmm. I still was like, yeah, bye. And so I went, I got myself into Melbourne university. Wow. Did they, did they, uh, come visit? Yeah, they just, sure, sure. My dad took me over there. Did you see your relatives on your father's side? It was the excuse I made was that I was going to only go for a year. And the whole premise was that so I could meet my relatives for the first time on my dad's side and on my mom's side. Because they teach Indonesian language in Australia as a class. Right. Which, of course, they don't teach anywhere else here. So I thought, I'm going to go to Australia. I'll learn Indonesian. Then I'll fly to Indonesia and meet these people who don't speak a lick English. Right. So that's what I did. And what was that like? It was crazy from being an only child in Canada with no relatives, like no grandma, no aunties, no uncles, just my mean parents. Were the holidays awful? I mean, did you have people over? Short answer, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went to, so going to Indonesia for the first time and the language opening up to me, suddenly I had a clan of, you know, like, hundreds of cousins and and it's all family they're a third world country so life right. is family did you feel like wow here's people that look like me here's people that it was very, very overwhelming and i'm right. sure for any mixed race kid the other thing is i was a white person to them right don't forget you know it's that's, um, that's white. what i right and i would walk down the street and women would scream extra large at me <laughs> oh shut the, i, I, I should have gone with you i should have gone with you extra extra large yeah I think what they meant was we carry extra large clothing. Would you like to buy some? Right. I think now is that. But they would have the yelled. You know what they would have yelled at me? What? Men department. Men department. <laughs> um, Big and tall. Big and tall. Go, yeah. Uh, we don't have. We don't have nothing no for you. No name, Bryant. <laughs> I remember late, Bryant. Um, okay, so do you feel like that was all of America's Lane Bryant now? I don't know. We're just. I've said this before, but I want, you remember room 222? Barely. Okay. So I'm older than you. Anyway, it? it was a TV show based on to serve with love. Oh yeah. I don't know the show. So to serve with love was a movie about a black teacher in a, a white high school. It was a British. No, it oh. was uh Sydney Poitier. Was okay. It. Yeah. Okay. And then they made this room 222 and there was an episode where there's a, kid a high school kid who comes to the school and he's fat but Mm -hmm. he's really funny and making jokes and like just being obnoxious and pissing people off and and um and at the end you know the whole theme is you know it doesn't we don't care what you look like blah 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 right right. you're who you are inside right so this is late 60s tell that to my agent the fat kid is bob balaban who's not even fat fat. he wasn't even fat but was what fat was that you look at these you look at old you, no one is fat no one was as fat as and meanwhile as, they're eating aspic so let's explain that right, right what the fuck is going on people are obese or like people completely are fat bony as fuck now we're all fat it's because of our it's yeah but the then food. there's the other side with the vegan like my fucking here's my veins here's my yeah, organs but that's not america that's the coastal elites oh. all right <laughs> All right, so you go to Melbourne. You kind of have this. I mean, you're a teenager. Shit was racist in Melbourne. I'll tell you what. I bet. Woo. But but you're sort of figuring out who you are after yeah, living yeah. in this I bubble. Was 17, 18, 19, yeah. 20. Those were the ages I spent in Australia. For and then doing math. At um, you got into the National Institute of Dramatic Arts in Did you Sydney. Read that on my website or something. I don't even know where that you read that. Yes, that is correct. And then you, but you decided to I go deferred. to Juilliard. Partly because they told me I was fat to circle this back to this conversation. No way. Yeah. They were like, you lose 10 pounds. And I was like, mm, yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, you know, I auditioned for- How about I go to the Juilliard instead? Yeah. Well, I auditioned for Bill Esper at um, oh, Mason yeah. Gross. And after my audition, he said, you're very talented. You were very good in that Shakespeare play last year. Oh, thank you. you it was excellent. three years ago. Whatever. He said, you're, you're very talented. You have perfect comic timing, but how do you expect me to cast you? You're too tall. See, okay. Then of course my, my mother, my teacher Michael Howard of Michael Howard Studios. Oh, I know Michael. Would never fucking have said that to you ever in a million. Yes, you could double Jew him for his nose. He never would have said that to you. So this is what he said, and I'm twenty. Yeah, and That's just- my mother, you will, yeah, you, you, he'll say 
We'll get, he'll see what happens. What did he, oh, she got mad? Oh, of my course. My mom would be like, he's right. Not too late for medical school. No. You are a good mom. Yeah. See, that's why you are successful. Oh, please. I have, what are you talking about? You are I successful, just, Judy Gold. Whatever. You are a name in comedy. You are a pioneer for women. You Thank are a you. pioneer for queer women and inclusivity. You. you are an actor. You. you are a New York scenester. You Thank have hosted you. more benefits than anybody can sh- shake a bagel at. Bagel. Right? No, you, you have a Thank podcast. You. you get up every day with new ideas. Fuck that shit. I love you. I'm I'm actually going to play that back for myself. <laughs> you should play it back. But yeah. But yeah. listen to your mom because your mom. But you know, I did, when I did 20, uh, my first run of 25 questions for a Jewish mother, I just ended a run at the Cherry Lane. You do you self-produce shows that then get picked up and produced? Give me a fucking break. You're anyway, successful. the point your is that. Proud of you. Is your mom alive still? No. She's proud of you. So this is my favorite story. I told this at my mother's funeral. Mm. She, I had a bad review from the local New Jersey from paper. Show? From that show? From 25 questions. Yeah. I got a. Rave in the New York what, Times. What was it called? 25 Questions for a Jewish Mother. We interviewed Jewish mothers all over the country. Oh, and one of them's that's, Chinese. That's like my zombie Asian mom show yeah, I just did. Exactly. Yeah, okay. okay. Cool. So uh, I do the show. I get a rave in the time. I got really amazing reviews. And then the Star was Ledger. Was it a solo show or different yes, people? Yes, Sto- and were you being, Stolo, were you I was being the, the other. Yes, I mean, yes, all the, all the, yes, were you yes. being all the Asian moms? Yeah, I just finished. We did our last show yesterday. Right, okay, it yeah. came back. Anyway, so... Yes. And I got a rave and rave and rave. And then the Star Ledger, which is the New Jersey Star Ledger. I know right. It. It's a big New Jersey paper, but that was our paper that we got, you know, gave me a horrible review. <laughs> Probably because I admitted I hated growing up in New Jersey. Well, who knows? Whatever. Whatever. And um, I'm at a photo shoot and <laughs> the publicist for the show says, Judy, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah, Candy. She was so sweet. Um, she said, uh, your mother uh, left a message for the reviewer at the Star Ledger. <laughs> And he does not want to call her back. And um, was she going to read in the riot act basically? Well, I said, and she said, um, your mother can't call, you know, reviewers because they write a bad review. And it's just, I said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. So I call up my mother. I go, ma, you can't, (laughs) I can't. Well, his number is listed. And it says, if you have any comments or questions, you can comment. And I have, a, I have a comment. I had to hear what his uh, opinion was. He can hear what my opinion is. Who the hell is he? And I was like, See, she's I right. Swap. Well, my this- mother, fuck. And he was afraid to call her back. This is what I'm pointing out to you. And this is why you are successful, Judy Gold. And I now like to contrast it with my experience. Well, no, I have your whole experience here. When but- I went to Alaska with my show, Birth of an Asian, we got Which rave I love that. reviews. Rave reviews. Just glowing. Couldn't have said and nicer things. Can you explain the title, how it's written? Because it's, it's so. It's Birth of a uh, lowercase n. And then capital Asian. Low it's birth such of a an great, Asian. Yeah. So this was a show uh, basically about Asian identity and it was music and, and comedy. Mm-hmm. And I got great reviews, blah, blah, blah. We, we were invited to the Smithsonian Institute. Yes, I read that. We, twice. We toured it a lot, whatever. My parents wrote to me quoting the good reviews and saying, well, they don't know that blah, blah, blah. And they, you should ask your friends about this. And if they think that basically pulling apart the, the good interview, the good review and saying all the, re- this is typical tiger parenting. Like, the, you know, like they, you can't take anything good in. Like you can't. No. And they said, what a piece of shit I was actually. And that the reviewer didn't know. And I said to them, if you, I didn't write my own review. If you have an issue, why don't you write to the reviewer? Right. Oh, have that's a little good. Chat with them. Yeah, but it was one of the most hurtful things. Yeah, I mean, I got imagine. it. Jews do it a different way. It's like I got a ninety-nine on the test. Why don't you get a hundred? You know, like there yeah, were. Yeah, we get that too. Yeah, a so we have it for fail. But, but still, then, your then mom we, yeah, but then we get like to that? a fuck you. Mine people would be like, they're right, right, not too late for medical school. No, well, so. fuck that. Don't forget to tune in next week to Just Kill Me Now. Um, or, let's just kill me. Oh. Don't forget to turn uh, for part two on Just Kill Me. No, it's not. It's <laughs> just, just Kill Me. Now. No, Judy Gold's Just Kill Me. Just Kill Me Now. Just Kill Me Now. <laughs>